Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here this Tuesday morning on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing, doing better now. <laughs> that was it's a very... amazing what sun will do for you. Holy cow, well, it's beautiful in Buffalo. <laughs> well, obviously, we've sent you some from sunny Florida because it's not today. It's a little bit overcast, but I'm not complaining. It's been a, a beautiful Memorial weekend, and I uh, hope you had a, a great uh, time at the Miller household. How are things? All is well. We're back in the swing. Golf lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We had a cookout right. yesterday. Uh, we invited our son, his daughter, the in-laws. Nobody had a fight. Everybody got along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we ate and all. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, we pretty much did the same thing in in our neck of the woods. But um, happy Memorial weekend, everybody. I know it's uh, a day after, but uh, we hope you had a good, uh, safe, and happy holiday. And we want to also express our thank you to all the men and women who. Uh, serve this great nation uh, over the years, both past and present. We appreciate your service always, um, because uh, Memorial obviously is uh, to remember all of those men and women who helped to make this nation as great uh, as it is. So thank you very much for all that. We hope everybody had, a, again, a safe and happy holiday. we got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined a little bit later on by Andre Martin. Uh, she's an elite level uh, and award-winning golf instructor. She's a Class A LPGA teacher professional. Uh, she'll be joining us on the second half, but first... Cindy, you know where we're going. We're going into the no BS zone uh, for this morning's show. And um, but first, let me remind everybody uh, that golf talk, or sorry, the Women of Golf is brought to you by uh, iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports Network is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract you, the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top. Uh, PJ and LPJ teach professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So subscribe today at golftipsmag.com. And just a quick note, um, the first issue, uh, as most of you maybe, if you've been following uh, the show the last few weeks, uh, I recently purchased Golf Tips Magazine, so it's now under uh, the umbrella of the iGolf Sports Network. And my very first issue is going to be coming out um, it's actually on its way here shortly, but within the next couple of weeks, it'll be hitting newsstands June 16th, and I think you're going to really love the cover on it. I'm not going to tell you what it's about now, but uh, there's a great story uh, based on the cover and um, lots of other great things, including our very own Cindy Miller uh, has not only a great golf tip, but also a great series uh, for those of you uh, looking to help connect business and your golf uh, game as well. So look for that uh, coming out June 16th at uh, newsstands uh, near you. So, all right, Cindy, I thought what we would do for um, the no BS zone this morning, because there are still obviously a lot of folks that have been kind of cooped in um, over the last uh, couple of months because of, uh, of course, the pandemic. And in some cases, a little earlier on, you know, because the, the weather wasn't quite good enough to get out there and practice. So um, here are some simple indoor drills to help keep your game in shape. And there's really, you know, Cindy, I think three scoring clubs, um, the driver, your wedge or wedges in, in this case, uh, and the putter. And I think if you really work hard, and we all know there's 14 clubs in the bag, but those are really the clubs that help score. Your driver obviously helps to put you in position on many holes. Uh, your wedge, of course, helps to 
uh, dial into the greens and putter. Of course, you need that on, on your green uh, as well to, uh, to sink those pots. So, um, and as I mentioned, not everybody has Cindy, the option to uh, get out early and, and practice their game outdoors, um, but there's no excuse that you can't work on your game while you're at home. So I put together some things here and we're going to start with the putter. We're going to start from the green and work our way back a little bit. And I believe there are three musts, if you will, in becoming a good putter. Number one, and then I'm going to get you to, to, to chime in as well. Um, number one is your stroke must follow the target line. And we'll explain that a little bit more. Uh, number two, your putter must remain square to the target line. And number three, uh, your forward stroke must equal or be slightly uh, exceed your backstroke. Um, so these are some basic guides to focus on distance control and other key aspects of putting. So, Cindy, you've taught many, many lessons as your husband, uh, Alan, over the years. How important putting, number one, and what are some maybe some tips that you do with your students to help focus on some of the things that we just talked about here with, with putting as far as your, your um, target and, and obviously uh, your alignment? You know, it's funny. Um, alignment is really important. And you need to find out if you see straight lines or curved lines. Mm-hmm. And, and that might be a little bit too detailed for a beginning golfer. But if you, for those listening who have ever stood over a putt and had a real long breaking putt that broke miles, and if you stood over it and you're like, you know what, I got no idea, but I got to hit it. And you hit it and you make the putt. If that's ever happened to you, you're probably a nonlinear putter, which means you don't see straight lines. You see curves. So if the, if the hole is right in front of you, the, the other side of the hole would be midnight. Right in front of you would be 6 o'clock. You can always see what time the ball might fall in the hole with a curve. Mm-hmm. If you can understand what I just said, you're probably nonlinear. On the other hand, if you're linear, you see a straight line. The ball's going to break two cups to the left. i got to start at two cups to the left because it's going to break to the right. That's a linear putter. Now, that's important, but the most important part of putting is distance control. So if you were 40 feet away and you aimed it a foot off, which is pretty bad, right, a foot left or right, and you read the putt incorrectly, but you had the perfect distance, you got a foot to knock it in. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we zero in or focus on something that's not the most important piece. The most important piece is distance control, in my opinion. I agree. If you, you know, if you listen to many of the pros, Cindy, that play on tour, they would agree 100% with you that distance, um, and, and really that applies in, in, in every aspect of your game, not just on the putting surface, but um, your distance control is more important because you can always work on direction um, that's something that's much easier to work on, I believe, than distance control. I mean, how often do we see people hitting, um, you know, golf balls on the range and, you know, maybe they're working with their seven arm. One goes 150 yards, the next one's 130, the next one's, you know, 162. And there's no general consensus of, of distance control. And the problem with that is they... Um, they end up going back and forth, back and forth. And the same thing is, and even more importantly, on putting. And here's a couple of little tips that I'm going to give um, for the listeners out there that they can be working on at home. And it's very, very simple, some drills, if you will. So um, now some of you may not have these anymore because times have changed, but if you've got a couple of old phone books, um, and if not, uh, if you have a home office, maybe you've got some copy paper, uh, you can use uh, a a couple of packages of copy paper or something along that size. It's relatively thick, not too thick, but maybe a good inch or so. And if you drop them on the floor and position them far enough apart so that your putter head barely squeezes through them, and you obviously want them to be uh, uh, perpendicular to one another, you want them to uh, the putter to be able to fit in between the two of them, and then you would play a, a, place a golf ball between the books and assume your, your putting posture. 
And what I would do is set the ball in between, and I'm referring to the length of the, the phone books or the, the, the paper, whatever uh, ob uh, objects you're going to use. Um, so that way, when you're taking your putting stroke, you're going back to the end of one side of the book. So if you're right-handed, you're going back to the right uh, until you get to about the edge of the, the book, and then your, your follow-through is the same or slightly more. This will help with your tempo, but it also helps as a guide. You don't want to be hitting whether the, with the toe or the heel of the putter. You don't want to be hitting either of these. So you want it just far enough apart that you can get it through. You don't want it tight, but you get it through. And that's a great uh, way to, to help, again, work on your, your tempo. And it also helps a little bit because you're, you're taking it back the same distance. Now, obviously, that, your putt is not going to be the same uh, for every shot. So, but this gives you an idea to work on a sort of a smooth tempo. The other one, this is a little more difficult, and I'm going to just mention this, Cindy, and then we'll, we'll move on. This also improves uh, your distance control. And uh, what I've done before with students is, is to take a penny and put a, uh, a tee upside down. So you've got the, the, the part that would, you would set the ball on top and, and uh, set it on top of the penny. And then what you do is you put that at a distance, whatever you know, happens to be a few feet away. And the idea is you want to putt as close as possible without knocking the tee over. And the idea is it gives you, again, a sense of distance control. And it's, not, it, it's a super tough drill because if you hit it a little bit too hard, obviously you're going to knock the tee over. And the idea is you move that, that penny and that tee a little bit further away or a little bit closer up depending on what you want to do. So you might want to start it at three feet and then you want to make, move it to five feet. So this gives you um, a couple of little drills that are very, very simple to do. It doesn't take very much time to put them together and you can practice them at home if you've got a nice carpet to work on or even a, if you had to on a hardwood floor. So uh, those are a couple of things that you can do. What about you, Cindy? Have you got some drills or some things that you've kind of put together over the years that have been very effective for people uh, wanting to improve their putting? I'm sorry, I was muted. I, you know what? I've got to ask you. When you did the put, the telephone book, were you talking about having the putter head? As are the books on the toe and the heel, or yes. behind yes, where I'm your sorry. stroke would be? No, no, no. Uh, toe and heel. So basically, you're making a trough. Right. Exactly. You're making a trough, if you will, and. The idea is you want to have the distance of the two books just far enough um, so that there's some room, so there's a little bit of wiggle. Again, you don't want it really tight, but you want it. And you could use like a shoe box, a couple of shoe boxes or something like that. We often see, you know, a, a lot of times um, working on some of the longer clubs, you'll see people put a board uh, or sometimes even two boards down and, um, you know, you'll hit shots without hitting one of the boards. I like to do that with putting because it gives them an idea that they know they've got to keep it true and they've got to keep it square. Um, but the idea, it gives them a benchmark to work with. Now, again, putts, distance putts are going to work differently. So you can actually even, if they're old books or something, you can mark some lines on them um, so that you can say, okay, um, take your center spot. So in the middle of the two books, you've got your line there. And then maybe three or so inches behind, you've got your, your first backstroke and then three inches in front of that line, you've got your forward stroke. And you can do that all the way until you get to the end of the book and take them back. So if you go to the first spot on your backstroke, you want to go to the first spot in your forward stroke. And that gives you an idea of various different speeds and different distances. Uh, and then you can see how far the ball goes and say, okay, if I take it back to the second line and I follow through to the second line, maybe the ball rolls 10 feet. So it gives you an idea. It gives you a visual that you can see how far each of the putts are going. And it also helps you visually to see how far I need to take the putter head back and how far to take it through. And at the same time, by not touching the books, you're not sort of wobbling all over the place. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. What about you? Do you have something similar or something um, unique that you work with your students when it comes to putting? You know what? I just I tell people to walk on the putting green and to put your feet shoulder-width apart. Do not putt to a hole. So every time you're going to go play, I want you to stand on the putting green, put your feet shoulder-width apart, make the width of your stroke be the width of your feet. So same kind of idea, but this is out mm -hmm. on the green. So width of right. the stroke is the width of your feet. I don't want any distinctive effort of hit, so no slamming, 
hitting, and then you're going to watch to see how far the balls go. Each ball should go the same distance if you give it the same amount of oomph, which is really just allowing the putter head to swing like a pendulum. And that will give you the key for the day on the greens you're playing. So, right. again, if you're, you know, you go to the green, you drop three balls. If it hasn't rained, it could be you get a five, a six, a seven. So you walk off yards, how far the ball goes, then you've got yep. your key for the day. So if you've got a three-footer, it's a shorter stroke. So same idea, but it's just a way to find out what am I doing today on these greens. Yeah, and that's that's equally important. You're exactly right. Um, obviously, there's some drills that we can do at home. that You should do both, really. I mean, when you're at home, especially during these times and you haven't had a lot of opportunity, maybe uh, the, your local course hasn't been open and you've got to do some things at home, these are some great things that I mentioned that you can do at home. If you're able to get out to the golf course, then what Cindy's talking about, yeah, you want to get onto that practice green and you want to get a, a, an idea and a gauge of how the greens are going to uh, be today. Because, again, if it's rained, you know, they're going to be a little bit slower. If it's been sort of warm, hot, and dry, uh, the greens are going to be a little bit more slick and a little faster. So you want to make sure you gauge and you definitely want to pace that off. So that's a great, uh, a great way to, uh, to get prepared. And most importantly, if you're playing out there today or, or over the next uh, little bit, allow yourself some time to go and do these things. Don't just show up five minutes before your tee time and then race to the first tee and then wonder why you have a crappy round. Um, th- there's nothing worse, especially if you've been taking lessons and you're working with a professional like Cindy or myself and you're going out there and you're doing all the hard work and then you show up and you don't practice anything or work on anything before you go. Um, we're going to move on, Cindy. The next one is the pitching wedge. And this is something, again, we're, we're going to talk about if you're working at home uh, and you're not able to get to the golf course or haven't been able to hear some great little drills that you can do. And this is one fairly common, I think, Cindy, we've, we've heard this many years over um, through for many instructors. But, uh, you know, if you've got a, a decent-sized um, little backyard, uh, you can find maybe about 10 feet of open space, uh, put a small towel, and stand about 10 feet away. And sort of use a short and smooth stroke, keeping your hands ahead of the club face, trying to chip 50 balls onto the towel. Practice that the balls land on the towel, not come to rest on the towel. Um, start with an 8-iron and then move to a 9-iron and then to your wedge. This gives you an idea, um, again, with your distance control. Um, these are some drills, or a drill, um, I'm sure that you've worked on yourself over the years and ones that you probably had your student, and that is the towel drill. And again, you can incorporate that with a green as well. Um, you know, maybe you can put a towel on the green, or you can stand off the green a little bit and, and do some, some short pitches or even chips onto that towel just to, again, get a, a visual. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts there? Totally agree. I, I would go a step further, and I would walk off 5 yards, 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards if you're on, mm-hmm. the, on the range or outside and have the space and take just one club. And maybe it's your sandwich. Yep. And um, you can grip down, grip middle, grip end. Again, yep. how big a swing are you taking? How far down are you gripping it? And how far is it flying? You can only control how far it flies. You can't control what it does when it hits the ground. But you can. Right. the more you play, the more the science becomes the art. And then you can get mm-hmm. the feel and figure out what, what's going to happen to the ball when it hits. Right. And And, and the idea is by utilizing some of these drills, it, it gives you an opportunity. Uh, again, they can take very little time. I mean, you can spend 20 minutes at home doing, uh, you know, all of these drills um, or maybe even 30 minutes. You don't have to drive to the golf course. And we're not trying to dissuade you from doing that. But in a situation, especially through the winter months, people are always looking for things to do. And obviously, you know, if you're up in the Northeast, you can't go outside anyways. Um, but there's some things that you can do um, inside uh, that can help work on your game a little bit. We're going to move on to the driver. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, again, there's no, um, you know, uh, there's no excuse really, in my opinion, that people can't be working on their games, and especially right now um, when we've all been sort of under lockdown for the last couple of months. Um, you know, you can plunk yourself down and watch a bunch of Netflix movies, or you can be working on your golf game for when. Uh, your course opens up. So um, the next last one is the driver. And again, this is another scoring club. People may not uh, realize it, but it is. Um, This helps put you in the position uh, on many of your holes. Not every hole you're going to hit the driver, uh, but uh, certainly a good many of them. Um, And and I'm going to scale this back a little bit. Some people are maybe not real confident with their driver. 
um, maybe a three wood or even a hybrid club. We'll, we'll plunk that in there as well. But um, many golfers turn their hips and shoulders simultaneously when they swing the club. Too much lower body rotation eliminates torque between the upper and lower body, adding more uh, backswing torque to your swing generates distance. So here's a really good uh, drill and, and, and tip, if, I think, and, and Cindy, um, I'll, I'll let you uh, add one in there as well. So if you've got a chair, if you're at home, sit down in a chair, spread your feet out wide and keep them flat on the ground. Hold a seven or eight iron, or virtually any uh, short or middle iron club in front of you. Hold the club head in one hand and the end of the grip in the other hand. Raise the club over your head and rest the shaft across your neck and shoulders. Turn your shoulders to the right, hold that position for a few seconds. You should feel a, a lot of torque along your left-hand side, again, for, for right-handed golfers. Turn your shoulders back and face forward, relax and repeat. What this does, now obviously you're not gonna be sitting down, but what this does, it gives you a general idea of your range of motion. Now what I'm gonna caution you is, do not force this movement. In other words, you wanna sit up up straight, you want to have that club behind your head resting on your neck and your shoulders, and you want to turn as much as you can comfortably. Do not force this. Don't try to add extra torque to, to get to that 90-degree uh, position or, or beyond. You're not John Daly um, because you can, you can obviously tweak uh, your back a little bit. But what this does is it helps, gives you that feeling because you can't move your lower body. It's plunked in a chair. It gives you an idea of the kind of torque and the, the, the tension that you want to build. Um, think of us uh, twisting a rubber band. We've often heard that excuse uh, used before in the past. Do that and then do the same thing with the follow-through. And if you're finding that you can't move very much or you're very limited, then that gives you an idea that you need to do some uh, exercise and some works to stretch, particularly that core area. So there's some great exercises, some great uh, golf uh, certified golf fitness instructors out there that you can connect with. Maybe your local uh, PGA or LPGA professional can help you with that as well. Um, but those are some. Uh, that's a, a drill that I found to be very, very successful uh, in helping to understand and building that torque. Um, what are your thoughts, Cindy? And and is there something that you like to do uh, to sort of uh, help with the driver? Yeah, I tell people to um, knock their knees in and point their toes in just to help create leverage, right? So the lower mm -hmm. body doesn't move as much as the upper body because you need the leverage to create the speed. And then sometimes when I have people that really outskate the puck, if you will, and get too far ahead of it on the downswing, I make them pick up their left heel so they can't mm -hmm. get all their weight back to their left side too soon, which will right. make them spin out. So they stay in position longer and then hit it straighter. Right. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing, too, is you, you need to there, – there's sort of this misnomer in, in, in golf by many amateurs that you've got to just um, – and, and I hate to steal a, a phrase, but grip it and rip, uh, you know. And that was great, as I mentioned, and the reason why I mentioned John Daly is that was the phrase that he was often associated with because he would just quell – you know, basically 360 degrees and then unwind and, and he launch at a mile. Um, John had that flexibility despite his appearance and he was able to do that and that was a natural movement for him. But the truth of the matter is you don't have to take it that far back and you don't have to swing necessarily at 100% power. Um, most of the professionals never swing at 100% power. Um, and the reason being is they're more concerned with accuracy. Um, obviously distance is, is a factor and something that they want to do. And it gives them that extra room. If they do need to step on a drive a little bit, they've got some, a uh, little bit, but if you're swinging at hundred percent all the time, um, not only does your accuracy in many cases decrease, unless you're a really stellar, uh, shot maker. Um, but you, you don't leave any room for extra distance if needed. So, um, I always say for, for golfers to try and stay around 80% of, of what your swing speed is. Um, and you can test that out. You can work with your pro, and they can give you ideas. And um, a lot of times some good drills, especially with driver, and I'm sure maybe you've uh, done this as well, Cindy, with students and, and even for yourself, is I go out myself, and I will tee up, and I will start swings, and I'll start as low as 30%. I'll just barely take that club back and swing through, and then I'll ramp it up to about 50%, and I'll keep going up usually in increments of 10, and I'll stop around 80 even 90% at the most. Because I find for me even, if I try to go 100% all the time of my, my full power, 
a lot of times that's where my accuracy starts to to evade because again it's very I'm very tall I'm very long in the legs and as you saw at the show this year and for me I, I tend to get more uh, as you said the transition from back foot to right uh, to front foot um, sometimes gets a little bit off if I try to put too much power into it what do you think about that what do you think about you know sort of stair stepping if you will in in uh, speeds and doing that as maybe as a drill Absolutely. Again, uh, I don't believe that most golfers understand that you're trying to get a feel for what you're doing with the club. And people come to the driving range and the first club they pull out of their bag is a driver. It's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And so they don't understand the art of feeling, you know, where's the head? What am I doing? So, yes, it's more important to hit it in a fair way. And I believe that taking these 30% swings will make you um, just a better ball striker. You'll be aware right. of what you're doing with the club. You can't sit there and try to hit the ball. You've got to swing the club. And then if you do that, the ball will go where you want it to go. Right. And also, too, you you get less injury that way. I mean, I've seen people go out there and just swipe at the ball. And a lot of times, because they don't have a free fluid swing, they're almost stopping at the ball. Even with a driver, I've seen, especially some of our older golfers who don't have the same flexibility anymore, they'll, they'll sort of, it gets to a point they're not even swinging the club back anymore. They're almost picking it up, and they're kind of chopping down, and they'll stop maybe a little past impact, and they're not getting much distance. And the problem is they're no longer swinging the club. Um, and again, that, uh, a lot of it is, is equated to lack of flexibility. So there's some great drills that you can do uh, to work on flexibility, and I suggest that obviously you consult uh, you know, with your physician and make sure that you're not doing things that are going to hurt you. And particularly, uh, if you're going to get into an exercise uh, regimen, don't just go to the gym and start lifting weights and doing things like that. There are a lot of great uh, certified golf fitness instructors out there. Um, certified yoga. Yoga is a great, great thing um, uh, you know, for, for helping with flexibility and stretching and things like that. Um, so you want to make sure you go to somebody specifically um, that is experienced in uh, exercises that are going to help your golf game. Uh, there's a lot of great exercises out there, but some of them may be counterproductive uh, or counterintuitive to what you want to be able to do. So um, there's a lot of great options out there. And, and, you know, these three clubs that we just talked about, the putter, the wedge, um, and the driver are really a lot of your, your primary scoring clubs. And we've given you just a, a, a taste. There's so many more things that we could talk about, but we just want to give you a little taste of, of some of the things that you can do um, both while you're at home and, as Cindy pointed out, even when you get out to the golf course that you can do to kind of work on your game. And you can make them kind of fun. If you go with a buddy, um, you know, you can kind of put some games together and have a little bit of fun with it as well as you're, you know, during your practice sessions. But if you're not able to get out there yet or you don't have a lot of time to, you know, to spend 30 minutes or an hour um, you know, at the range, then some of these things you can do at home and they're going to help you, I guarantee, with your with your golf game. Um, any closing or final thoughts on, on the topic on the no, no BS zone nope. today, Cindy? <laughs> I think we covered nope. it. Yep. Um, you know, I, I just, I really can't emphasize enough um, about practice for people out there. And I, I'm a firm believer, especially in this day and age, Cindy, and, and you're in the same boat, you know, we're, we're so, we, we're, we've become so busy in our lives with so many different things. And for a lot of our golfers out there that don't have a lot of time, you know, maybe it's 30 minutes just to get to your golf course. Then you got to add another 30 minutes or, or more and you just don't have the time. So there's a lot of great little nifty little drills and tips that you can do and you can be working on even in your own home. Um, you don't even have to go outside for many of them. And, and we touched on a few of them here, but um, this is where you want to really engage with uh, a golf professional and, and, uh, and, you know, communicate with them, somebody like Cindy Miller. And, uh, and now with the advent of so many great um, uh, products like Zoom and other things that you can actually uh, connect with them online um, and be able to see one another and, and, you know, get some visual tips that way that you can be working on, um, there's really no excuse. Um, you know, again, if you can't drive to the golf course, uh, again, utilize some of this technology. There's some great products out there. 
And, uh, you know, our guest last week to, or the other week that we talked about um, from V1 Sports is coming out with some great products um, that the coaches can use and have been using for years, but they're even advancing it that much further. So, uh, again, Cindy, there's no excuse for our golfers not to be working on their game and practicing right in their very own home. Absolutely. And on that note, um, we are going to just hang tight. We'll just chat a little bit until Andre uh, is available. And then actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to just um, sort of pre-introduce her, just tell us, uh, the folks a little bit about her, and then when she comes on board, Cindy will uh, will bring her on. Um, as I mentioned earlier, our very special guest, Andre Martin, uh, is an uh, LPGA professional. She's a Class A professional and a certified golf coach. Uh, she was recently inducted into the Maine Golf Hall of Fame and has more than 30 years of golf experience to bring to the tee. Uh, her goal as an instructor is to take good care of the golfers that want to play their best, whether they're just looking to play socially, need to play for business, or want to play tournament golf. And I think um, that pretty much sums it up. And she's an elite level and award-winning golf instructor, and we're very excited to have her this morning. So when she comes on board, um, we will we will bring her on officially. Um, so, Cindy, just to, to go back to you for a second here, um, you mentioned at the top of the show that uh, it's time to get back out and do some lessons. Um, how are how is golf up there in the Northeast now? Is, is things starting to open up quite a bit uh, more, or is everything pretty much open now? It's open more, but the pro shops aren't really open, and the golf courses, like yesterday I played with our son, and the clubhouse was closed, but the bathrooms on the course were open, thank God, right? Because I can't play 18 <laughs> holes without having to go. But, um, right. yeah, so, again, they want you to social distance, only one person to a cart, but at least there's carts. I mean, there weren't carts. So it's just it's such a blessing to be able to go outside and, and mm-hmm. be able to play. Again, you don't realize what you don't have until you don't have it. Right. Right? Right. And, no, exactly. And so that, yeah, that being said, it's like, oh, wow, this is awesome, but I can really go outside and do this. So I'm you know, grateful. I, I wonder, yeah, I agree. I wonder if this new sort of way, I mean, uh, eventually I know things will, will go back a little bit, but I'm wondering if this might be an opportunity now too for clubs to sort of reintroduce walking. Uh, you know, and I, I know in certain areas of the country that's still – uh, a thing, but others, I know that they really pushed, you know, obviously they're trying to get uh, more people to play. Um, and some of them actually require, you have to take a cart, you have no choice. I'm wondering if this is an opportunity for golf courses to rethink, because there's a lot, especially with the younger generation coming up, they enjoy walking, they enjoy, you know, being out there with nature and they're not as, as um, uh, you know, dedicated to hopping in the golf course. I wonder if this is an opportunity for many of the gore, uh, courses to bring back um, and allowing more golfers to walk. And that, again, in turn helps with the social distancing. What do you think about that? I didn't even think of that. But what a great idea. Well, you know, we're all becoming more savvy, if you will, in physical fitness and trying to stay in shape. And, you know, I understand from golf club's perspective, I mean, again, like any business, you're you're dealing in volumes. Um, and one of the things that I used to enjoy, obviously, when I was younger, particularly when I had a little more energy, uh, I used to I used to love. Now we had pull carts in a lot of cases. I mean, earlier on we we carried our bags, but now, you know, that's uh, that's not always as comfortable. But um, you know, so there's a lot of pull carts. But I'm I'm just wondering if maybe this is a something that golf courses really need to start thinking about and allowing people again because it would be a great way even further. Um, and I'm not trying to take away from the business, but to to help with the social distancing is letting people walk. Yeah. Gives them, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You know, know, and kind of getting back to a a little bit of basics when it comes to golf, because I think the other thing too, Cindy, I think what walking did, at least it did for me, and and I'm sure it did as you, you know, when you're playing on tour, when you're in a golf cart and you've hit your shot, you know, you're, you're racing up to the next shot. You don't really have a lot of time to think. And then you're up there, and of course, you know, you've got the groups coming in behind you and that. There's not really a lot of time to really think about, okay, what do I want to do? And, and again, you've got to be, you know, mindful of slow play and things like that. But I think if you're walking 
it gives you an idea. You, you can see where your ball is in most cases, unless you've hit it off course uh, somewhere. Um, so you can say, okay, it looks like I'm, you know, pretty close up near the green, and you can start thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? Now you're not maybe going to have to do a full assessment, but you can start thinking about your next shot. And walking allows you to do that. Where a lot of times in the golf cart, you know, the people, like I said, they're racing out there all the time. And then they get out there and they're kind of, you know, stymied. Okay, what do I got to do? Oh, I'm going to grab this club. And they're not really putting a lot of thought into it because they're kind of rushing themselves because they're rushing with the golf cart. Um, what do you think about that? I, I totally agree. I think that um, plus you're going to get more exercise. It's just mm-hmm. every, the pace is slowed down. Everything's slowed down. I just, you know, the only the problem is that push carts, have gone, you know, there's none to be found. Have you found that down there? Yeah. Well, again, I think a lot of the, the golf cart uh, courses, again, for years, especially when you get into areas uh, around your resorts and things like that, they're dealing in high volumes. And, uh, again, also, particularly here in Florida, you've got a lot of senior golfers. Not, they're, they're not in a position to, some of them, uh, walk in that. And that's okay. Um, but there are some that do, and I think that, you know, I think it would be nice to bring some of that back. And certainly a pull cart or a push cart um, is a lot less expensive than, um, you know, an electric or, or, you know, what have you, uh, golf cart. And again, being mindful of social distancing, I think that it's a lot less to have to worry about wiping it down or cleaning and that uh, after everybody's coming in. And, and a lot of people have their own. I mean, I know some older golfers that still have, uh, you know, pole carts from the 70s that, the, that they're still bringing to the golf course or in their trunk that they, you know, bought years ago. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's an opportunity for the industry to really take stock and say, okay, you know, we want people to enjoy this game, but at the same time, you know, we we want people to enjoy the game. And I, I feel sometimes, it's just my perspective, but I just feel sometimes when you go and you're hopping into your cart, you feel like you're being rushed because you get some people that just get a very aggressive and they're just speeding along and they just want to, you know, they're and you almost, I mean, thank God they didn't put horns on these things because, I mean, I can guarantee you there'd be groups that would be honking their horn and saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I'd like to see it kind of scale back. I'm not trying to dismantle the industry, but I'd like to see, I think, scale back a little bit to an earlier time. Um, and, and you can, I mean, golf carts are not that expensive, the pull carts I'm talking about. They're really not that expensive, and it'd be less of a burden on the club. And I think that should be an option. And they can scale it in such a way that they can have both if they wanted to. But I just think that it's a, you know, maybe an option to consider moving forward um, as, as we get a younger generation that is more fitness conscious and lo- enjoys the walk. And, and that. Cause I've heard a lot of young people say that. I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of people say that, said, you know, I, I would love to walk, but, you know, the courses won't let me. Food for thought. You're, you're right. But what I'm saying is when all this happened, I had so many people reach out to me to say, hey, can you get me a push cart? I'm like, well, they used uh-huh. to be called a pull cart. <laughs> But well, and the, push and, and, well, and they have a, whatever. But well, there were the none to be had. So I called Sun Mountain, and they said we're out of stock, and they're not coming in until July. So right. there was an issue of trying to get them. Yeah. So obviously there's a need. I mean, there's obviously a, a demand out there if, if if they're running out of stock. And you know, some of the again using technology, some of these pull carts uh, or push carts, whatever you want to term them as. Uh, actually have the ability to self-propel. They have their own battery or, um, I mean, there's been some that have been featured at the PGA show and they've got like a little remote and and um, and some of them actually, I've seen one here recently, uh, I think it was not this year, but I think it was the year before and they actually ran off of with your, with your cell phone. It was like a GPS or something. So basically what happened is you linked with the cart and then as you walked, it would follow you. So you didn't have to push and, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so Get you know, over if you're, here. If you're le- <laughs> that, that could that could be really creepy, especially for and I know some guys do this. I don't, but I know some guys do this. That you know, go for a little wee in the bushes there, and next thing you know, your your cart's falling you into the bushes. <laughs> but, well, you can, <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I think you can start it off or pause it, but if you forget and you, you decide to duck in the, the woods for a little tinkle and, uh, you know, next thing you'll hear some <laughs> crunching of sticks, you know, and, and it'd be worse if they, you know, because you know oh the technology is coming. They're going to have cameras on there and, you know, and, and uh, well, we just busted Bob on, on hole number seven, uh, making the <laughs> illegal infraction here. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Um, but anyways, I, I just think it's a, you know, I think that whenever you can provide options for golfers, you know, it's like anything. Um, you know, I, I think if, if you if you sort of push an industry into one direction or the other, then you're going to have folks out there to say, well, you know, I don't really like that. But if there was an option that, hey, you know what, you don't have to take a cart, um, you know, we've got, and again, depending on the volumes and the courses have to sort of do their own assessment, but, you know, you've got some courses that have got, um, uh, you know, uh, two eight teams. You've got some of your big resort courses. They could do it very easily without interfering. They could say, okay, we're going to, you know, if we've got enough, again, again, you have to look at your volumes. You know, course A can be for walkers. Course B can be for carts. If you've got, the, you know, if the volumes are, are fairly, um, you know, measurable that way. So there's a lot of options that you could do. And, and again, being a little creative. Um, but I just think it would be sort of a win-win and, and again, with technology, there's so many options. I mean, I'm, you're seeing now, Cindy, and I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, they've got scooters now. They've got these. They're they almost look like a little oh, motorcycle. Oh, they're great. Oh yeah, yeah I've Alan never did used, it at Orange yeah. County during boot camp. I was like, I'm going to kill myself on this thing, but it was really <laughs> kind of fun. Well, exactly, and and see that's that's the direction it's going, and, and something like that even would be better. I mean, I think you're going to see changes. Uh, coming down the pike as again as the generations change i mean the, the the traditional golf carts i mean they're fine and you know they've changed those and kind of spruced them up a little bit um than what they were you know 20 years ago but i think that um i think that you're seeing more and more technology now whether it all takes up i mean they've got another one too where you actually you stand up and it's almost like a um i'm trying to think of what it is but like one of those uh you know you it's kind a of push scooter with a motor yeah yeah, it's a scooter, but it's motorized. But you stand up, yeah. And then they've got right. other ones where you you actually it's you sit down more. But again, that's not going to be for everybody. But you get some of these young kids out there, and they just love that. Now the downside of that is you you know you've got to be mindful, you know, like you would with a typical uh, golf cart, and stay away from the greens. You know, I can see some kids. Well, getting and the other crazy. thing is you got to watch how much you drink. You know, <laughs> now you're driving <laughs> well, that, something that you're going to go overboard, yeah. right? Well, listen, I've seen some people flip golf carts, too, that have been t- taking the corners a little too fast down the cart path. So, yeah, um, but, yeah, that, that's a given. But it's just um, it's just something to, to think about. Um, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe she got mixed up with the time or not, but uh, I don't see uh, Andre coming in. I don't know if we can um, perhaps reach out to her or not, Cindy, or maybe you've already done that. Yeah, but, I'm um, doing that right now. And see, yeah, but we will. Sorry, we she will, must have forgot us. Or maybe she's back yeah. teaching. That could be it, or um, sometimes with the time, too. I mean, uh, the show obviously airs she's Eastern time. Close. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, she's in, I, I suspect she's just probably an oversight. But um, we will we'll give her a few more minutes, and um, if she doesn't show, then we will do our best to reschedule, and we apologize for that. Uh, that happens sometimes. People get busy, and we can't blame them. But, um, you know, I think there's so many things, and I'm really, you know, even though 2020 has kind of gotten off to a shaky start, um, obviously we've been dealing with this, Cindy, but I think this is going to be an opportunity um, for all industries, not just golf industry, but for all industries to really um, take stock and say, okay, how can we do things differently? How can we make changes, um, not just to, to you know, monitor or, or adhere to social distancing, that's certainly one, um, but become more creative um, and, and how we do things, how we communicate with one another. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure you're self-included, where you've been on some of these different platforms and that that are utilizing, and it's a great way to communicate and get the messages out there. And I think companies, as I mentioned earlier, V1 Sports and many of the others, and, and even Zoom, are working on ways to become more integrated with our day-to-day lives. And, you know, I certainly don't want to take away. We want to get out and get the fresh air. 
but I think in, in some cases um, there are some opportunities for golf instructors to use more of an online platform to reach out to more students um, you know, before they get out to the golf course and to allow them to say, here's some things. And, and I know there's a lot of programs that have been used uh, for many years, um, but I think it's, it's, it's getting even more advanced now um, uh, for golf instructors, and I think it's a great way uh, to communicate. So be interesting, and uh, we'll see what's going to happen in, in the next little bit. But um, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a never-changing world, and we've got to adapt. And I think... Uh, just like every other industry, the golf industry has to learn to adapt as well. What do you think? Totally agree. I'm going to look at it as a blessing. So let me get an update on the boot camps um, on your end, Cindy. What's what's happening? Are you starting to move forward? Um, I know you had to uh, delay or cancel some of the boot camps because of our, our current pandemic. Are you rescheduling for later in the season, uh, or are you still um, kind of waiting to see what happens? Uh, what's uh, What's going on? Well, I th- we're going to see about doing one in, in the fall in Buffalo before it snows. And then mm-hmm. we might do one in November in Orlando, and then we're scheduling for next year. We're hoping that everything's going to be fine, there's going to be a vaccine, and nobody's going to be freaked out. Yeah. So um, we're doing a lot of playing lessons in Buffalo, and, and, and we've created an online community. So it's free. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. called the Miller Golf Community. And if you go to cindymillertraining.com, you can sign up for free. And we do free tips. And um, there is also a paid version. If you want the paid version, you get uh, biweekly live coaching calls with Alan and I. It's 20 bucks a month or 19.99 a month. And um, so anybody that wants to get better at their golf game and doesn't really want to pay a lot for it, the free version, uh, we do have tips. We do have discussions. It's kind of like a Facebook group, but it's private. So right. CindyMillerTraining.com or MillerGolfCommunity.com, either one. Um, so that's what we're doing, and that's what we've offered to people for the April boot camp we had to cancel or postpone. Right. And the funny thing is is that um, we had four people sign up that we've never met. And mm-hmm. and two of them were from Seattle and two of them for Atlanta, from Atlanta, and I reached out and I said, you know, why did you do this? <laughs> you want to hang out with me? And and they said, yeah, we saw you on TV and we thought you were fun and different. And I'm like, well, you got that right. So um, what we're doing is we're doing some online stuff with them. <laughs> Quiet, Ted. Little little do they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a Zoom call with them. So we do this right. golf behavior assessment, right? And we thought, well, let's get to working on your golf game before we get together. So it might be a blessing that their boot camp was postponed because they're going to learn more by having all this online stuff with us before they get to us in person. Well, so that's let, let me just add to this. Yeah, let me just add to this as well. Um, I have a, a friend who's a 30-plus-year member of the PGA uh, out in South Carolina, and he shared a, a similar story. I mean, not exact, but uh, similar uh, his, of course, in South Carolina, many of the courses had still been open where he was. And um, so even though they, they have to monitor, uh, you know, and be uh, respectful of, of social distancing, um, they have been able to, to get out. And he said what was really interesting that he found um, where there were a lot of people, just because um, they were able to go out, there wasn't a lot to do, there were a lot of people that had never played golf uh, or um, you know, been connected in any way, shape, or form with golf, were coming out to the to the golf course, and they were, in many cases, and you know, for adults, they were bringing their kids as well. So, you know, on, on an upside of all of this, obviously, certainly not going to take away from the various tragedies that that people have uh, have certainly suffered through this pandemic. But on sort of an upside or a positive way to look at it is it has allowed people to do things. Um, sometimes by choice and sometimes because they had no choice to do things that they maybe normally have never done. So I'm hoping in, in retrospect, I'm hoping that the golf industry takes an opportunity to look at this and saying, you know, this is something that has brought people out that normally would not come to a golf course. How can we do things to welcome and invite and want them to come back again? So 
again, it goes back to what I said earlier, and I'm not saying this is the only answer, but this is one of them, is create more options. Don't have it where, you know, if they come to the golf course, they've got to take a golf cart. Um, or if they, uh, you know, come, they, they have an option, have, have options available. They, they can walk if they want. Even if, you know, they only play nine holes, allow them that opportunity. Don't just shut them out and say, well, no, you can't do this or you can't do that. So you really have to start looking at because you're bringing people in again that didn't grow up in a, in a golfing family, didn't bring up in a uh, a situation where um, they had um, golfers in their family. So they're new to the game, but they're coming out now because of what's been going on. So I think there's a real opportunity to, you know, open up a market that maybe had not been opened before to people that really had no. And I know we're always you know growing the game, and we we talk about that all the time. But this pandemic has, in many ways, has grown the game, uh, not by choice, but by necessity. So uh, just something to think about, I think, as, as, you know, as professionals, how we can, you know, really look at this as, a, as an opportunity to bring people in that normally don't have that exposure. Yes. Uh, I did get an email from Andre, and she is driving across country and has vehicle issues. No problem. Well, we're sort of hearing that. Mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to reschedule her for a few weeks from now. Okay. All right. So what we'll we'll do then? We apologize, but uh, obviously these things happen, and we hope that everything is is all right and that it's uh, it will be resolved. But um, it sounds like uh, Andre's in good hands. So we will we will endeavor to get her rescheduled as quickly as possible. And um, and I think Cindy, what we will do is we will sign off a little bit earlier. This morning, we apologize that Sounds Andre good. wasn't able to join us, but uh, yeah. So let's do that. So thank you, everybody. Don't forget June 16th, uh, the first issue of Golf Tips Magazine that, that I'm publishing uh, will be available at newsstands and obviously subscribers that will come out to you a little bit earlier than that. Um, but um, lots of great stuff in there. If you want to subscribe, go to golftipsmag.com today and subscribe. Thanks everybody for joining uh, Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf and we will see you next week. God bless everybody. Thanks Cindy. Thanks Ted. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Talk Stream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.